Welcome to the Ready Eddy Podcast, where we tell the story of startups in the outdoor sport industry through the voice of their founders. What's going on, guys? Before we get into today's podcast episode, I wanted to give you a quick update on the Ready Eddy membership program. To this point, we've grown to have thousands of products from up-and-coming startups and small businesses in the outdoor travel and lifestyle space on the platform. You can save up to 50% off all of these products, anything from skis to jackets to food bars to supplements. Anything you could think of to support your outdoor activities is on the platform from small up-and-coming brands. It's a great opportunity to support small businesses while also discovering brands that you've never heard of. You can show off the new gear to your friends and also save a ton while doing it. If you're interested in checking it out, head over to readyeddy.com slash members to get your first month free. What is going on, Ready Eddy Podcast listeners? Josh Salvo here, your host. On today's episode, I am sitting down with the founder of Switch Designs, James Poss. James, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me. Thank you, Josh. Great to be on. Awesome. Okay, so right off the bat, for the listener that's never heard of Switch Designs, how would you best describe it to them? So Switch Designs is a company that I founded to innovate the outdoor luggage and bag space. And I'm starting off with the ski industry. My first product is a totally redesigned take on the ski boot bag that transforms from a classic backpack shape into a super slim tote bag shape with just one buckle. So you can easily pair with the rest of your luggage and store it into smaller spaces at home and on the go. You know, it's, it's, it's really funny. I, um, I don't own a boot bag because I always thought they were so freaking ugly and I just didn't like using them. <laughs> um, and then I discovered, I found um, Switch Designs and I was like, huh, shit, that's a really good looking bag. <laughs> I would totally use that. <laughs> um, so like I totally understand and, and um, get like the, the idea because I, you, you grew up skiing. So like you've had years of sort of working through an idea like this, which I assume you didn't just think of like a couple years ago, you sort of been working through this over, you know, a long time, right? Exactly. So I knew, I knew for, for quite some time that I wanted to start a business in the ski industry because it's what the space I'm the most passionate about and also what I, what I like doing the most. So, um, but yes, just like you said, uh, so many awful boot bags through throughout the years. Um, even, you know, you'd, you'd buy this boot bag and you'd take it on a plane and you'd have to take your boots out of it just to fit it in the overhead bins. And it seemed ridiculous to me that no one had designed a better product since boots are, are the most essential piece of gear for any serious or even, you know, beginner skier who's trying to get better. You need, you need your boots with you. So I wanted to design a bag that was both significantly more functional and flexible than what was out there. But also, like you said, aesthetics are very important to me. Um, and I wanted it to look cool. So those, those two prongs were the primary source of my inspiration. Okay. So you started working on this in 2016 and in 2018 was the first full year of, of launching, or I guess this season is the full, uh, first full year of you really launching the product. Um, did you, do you have a background in design and manufacturing that really helped you uh, prototype this bag into what you have now? 
Yeah, so my my background as far as education goes is actually in business and economics. So I'm a self-taught designer. Um, I did previously design a ski glove when I was still in high school that ended up it was more of a project than a business but ended up being on the on the hands of a few top skiers and was my first introduction to outsourcing production and designing a, a tangible product um, and I took took my formal education and some experience in the industry and turned that into this full-scale luggage brand that I'm building now. So how did you come up with the idea of turning the backpack into the, into a tote? So the, the, the process there was I believe that flexibility now more than ever is extremely important for the modern traveler. Um, you never know what other luggage you might need to bring with you on a trip. So let's say one skier who might be heading on a business trip to Denver wants to get in a day in the mountains. Um, another, another traveler might be heading to British Columbia to go cat skiing. Who knows what you're going to have on your back or by your side. And I wanted to make a boot bag that worked with every possible combination. So with just that one buckle, you can transform it. So let's say you're wearing an avi pack on your back you can carry your boot bag by your side and it's tow mode on another trip you might be rolling your business briefcase and you can throw your boots on your back this pack works with everything um, but more importantly this slim dimension that i've created has never existed for the boot bag before they've always been very bulky and somewhat square dimensionally so you can't fit them into the overhead bins. You can't really fit them in a car very well or even under your bed or in a small closet at home. And with my experience living both both in L.A. and New York um, and now Denver, I've seen how the, the modern skier lives. And it's frequently not in a huge house, but it's in an, in an urban apartment where storage space is at such a premium. And even just using this bag to store your gear in the off-season – and having it ready to go as soon as as soon as the snow calls, um, all of that has contributed to my my inspiration here. Yeah, it's funny. Any anytime I, I see a friend with a boot bag on, or like if I was ever considering buying a boot bag, I'm like, I feel like that person's like carrying like a planet on their back. You know what I mean? Because it's like this giant square <laughs> or like cylinder like yeah that's just like I feel like if I tap them, they're gonna fall over <laughs> trying to carry the thing. For sure, for sure. And so little thought has gone into the ski space. Um, our, the rest of our gear has improved so dramatically over the last decade or, or two. I mean, it's, it's night and day what we're skiing on now with our skis and rockered skis and lightweight boots and touring gear. But the luggage is the luggage had really stayed very stagnant and I saw that as a huge opportunity to bring innovation to the space. I love that. Now, uh, did you ever have any mentors throughout this journey of, of developing switch designs? You know, it's, it's interesting for the most part, I really have been, have been in this on my own. Um, I've had some, I've had a few mentors on the business side of things, uh, to make sure I'm not making any 
mistakes early on that could hurt me later. But design wise, I had a pretty specific and well thought out vision that I had iterated on in my in my mind for a long time and physically for a few years worth of prototypes to perfect this thing and um, stuck to my guns and I'm really happy with the result. That's awesome. Now, is there anything that you really learned in like the first couple prototypes that you had built or just like, oh yeah, that was like, this is how it should be or, you know, something else that just like really stood out to you in those first couple iterations? Definitely. We made a few, a few pretty important tweaks to the design. Prototype 1.0 was, was the scariest because that was um, essentially when we were going to figure out if, if the concept even worked or not. It's one thing to sketch it out on paper, but turning that into a cut and sew prototype, um, you never really know. And the, the first one, I went through five rounds of prototyping before the production runs. That's, that's quite a lot. Um, but the first one was, was, like I said, was the, the scariest, but also the most satisfying to see it come together um, and functionally work. But uh, definitely needed tweaking. So from from the first one, I would say the, the biggest changes that were made were regarding sort of the strap design to make sure that it was comfortable in both carry modes, equally equally as comfortable. I didn't want either either one to be better than the other. I wanted it to be truly a dual purpose bag not just you know a backpack that you can in a pinch carry another way i really wanted it to be a dual purpose bag that you can be confident that it's going to work in both modes as well as it could period right, um, that, that makes so, a lot of sense it, what kind of feedback were you getting from your first or early customers i, I assume you um sent out your first prototypes to people to sort of like get their feedback and like let them use it and all that kind of stuff. Like what kind of reactions were you getting from people? I did. Yeah. So, so from the beginning, I really have had near universally positive feedback about the design, especially people who had never used a boot bag before um, and who were trying it out for the first time and realizing how much more convenient it was to have, everything they needed for a day on the slopes in this one bag. Um, but I also made sure to work closely with a team of pro skiers. Um, one of our pros in particular, Magnus Granier out of Sweden has been instrumental in early testing and, um, iterating the design to, to the point where I was happy enough to go through with the production. So, so he just helped give you a lot of like practical feedback and like how he used it, what he liked, what he didn't like kind of stuff. Exactly. And he's constantly flying back and forth across, across right. the Atla Atlantic for competitions or filming or you name it. Um, we had a, we had a, we have a, a very solid growing team of skiers, but he was the first big name we signed um, that we're very proud of working with him. And uh, they've all been traveling nonstop with their bags and say it has made a, a huge improvement to their life as professional or um, competitive skiers. 
That's really awesome to be able to get that kind of feedback from athletes of that caliber. You clearly know you're you're moving in the right direction. Um, what's definitely. What's it been like going through the patent process? Because I, I know you're, you have a pending patent on the design. Did you have any experience kind of dealing with that? Or has it kind of just been flying by the seat of your pants going through the whole process? Yeah, that was that was quite an adventure. Um, that was my, my first time getting involved with the patent process. And I knew, I knew at some point I would need a legal team to help make sure um, – I was on the right track, but I, d- I was able to do a lot of the groundwork myself. Obviously, as a startup, you don't have unlimited resources to throw at a legal team to, to do all of the work for you. So I went out on my own and researched any remotely similar patents that were out there, um, noting how they differed from what I was building and was able to present that to my law firm in a very organized way. So, so going from that to the final application was really just a matter of formatting and legalese. And they were able to submit that on my behalf. Now, um, through the journey, like obviously you started working on this in 2016 and now this is your first full season sort of running and, and building the business. What has it been like, um, getting the product out there and getting it in front of people to, to see, and then obviously purchase, like, is it mostly been direct to consumer and what have you been doing to really get it in front of, you know, skiers? For sure. So yeah, my, my goal here is to build a direct to consumer business and has been from the start. Cause I do believe that that's, that's the future of most industries, but the ski industry as well. Um, so I've done a, I've done a multi faceted approach to my marketing here, a fair amount of social media advertising on Facebook and Instagram. Um, a big part of my exposure push has also been supporting my team of skiers and making sure they have their bags and the financial support to do what they need to do over the course of the season to compete or get their film segments ready for all of you skiers out there to watch. Um, and we also just finished in early December. I organized having the whole team and a filmer and a photographer out to Colorado. And we did a little switch week where we were out there filming and shooting every single day for about a week, getting the team together and getting the word out. Um, and that culminated in an edit that we released to help, show people what we're all about yeah the content really does help quite a bit doesn't it and like letting people see the product see how it's used um in kind of like an everyday environment absolutely and i think it, it's also a lot more authentic if you can get people to look at what you're doing because they're interested in it not just because you're paying for their eyeballs um it's always going to be a a better relationship. Oh no, I totally agree. What's been the hardest part about starting a building switch um, up until this point? I would say the hardest part has actually been the, the marketing side of things just because of the budgets that you're competing with um, now and with Amazon, of course you can't really start an e-commerce business without talking about Amazon. Um, 
but it's really hard to compete with the, you know, the free shipping and the marketing spend that a lot of these huge companies, uh, are spending every single day. So having to think of more creative ways to get the name out there, um, in an industry that's, that's definitely dominated by the big players has been the most difficult part of the process, but super happy with where we're at thus far. Um, we were selected as the number one new ski luggage for 2018 by free skier magazine and received editor's choice, uh, selection in their buyer's guide. So that was, that was huge for us. And hopefully it keeps, keeps rolling from there. I mean, that's pretty exciting. And did you just kind of send them a bag and be like, Hey, check this out. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I sent them a couple early samples. They were actually able to test them all last season. Um, which was, like I said, I did take my time bringing this product to market to make sure it was as durable and well-developed as possible. And that is now, I'm definitely now reaping the rewards from that approach as people saw how finished this first product was. Um, it's not, it wasn't half-baked in any way. It, it's really a finished and complete product. That's smart. It's it's uh, it really goes to show how valuable having a unique, just and high quality product can do so much marketing for you. Because like if you just had like a generic thing that was like maybe slightly different than what was already on the market, and you sent it to the magazines to review, it probably wouldn't have gone anywhere. But since you do have something that is so different, people are like, "Wait a minute, what is that? <laughs> let me look at that. <laughs> let me let me let me see what that's all about." <laughs> you know, definitely, yeah. And I was actually, I was able to first get their, get their attention last year at the snow sports show, the annual snow sports show called SAA, which I'm sure you may have heard of, um, is generally reserved for big, big companies who pay for a big booth and are able to show their bags off to retailers in sort of a dance they do every year. But I just went as a, I bought a non-exhibiting ticket and walked around with a bag on my back and showed it to everyone I could and got some got some media attention very quickly with such a unique design that's super smart yeah we usually go to SIA each year and it's always fun to see all the new brands that are there and then also who is like just starting up that has like a few samples with them that's like kind of walking around (laughs) trying to like show it off um to everyone um so what's your greatest fear and how do you manage it in regards to switch designs you know, my greatest fear is getting to getting to a, a new mountain that I'm really excited to ski or going on a cat trip and having my luggage get lost and not having my ski boots with me. So that's why I always carry them on in my switch bag so I can always have my boots with me. No, I'm sort of just kidding. <laughs> See, that's that, I moved to Utah and they lost all of my my gear when I moved. But there. it really it really does happen, right? I mean, you can it can happen. You can be on that life trip of a lifetime and your boots get lost because you tried to check them or ship them. So yep, this I, bag does let does let you bring them on board with you. This, this, that's incredibly valuable. Never fly United Airlines. <laughs> They've lost my shit so many times. But yeah, yep. like, they lost my skis and my boots and all of my like regular luggage it was awful yeah no fun not um but on the on the business side of things i mean i I would probably say that my greatest fear is just getting 
lost or outbid by the consolidation that's happening in, you know, and really in every industry, but in the ski industries too, you see these companies all consolidating under larger holding companies um, and expanding their product lines beyond maybe what they started out doing. And I want to make sure there's still room for independent, more focused businesses to thrive in this industry, because I think that's, that's where the really exciting products are going to come from. I couldn't agree more. What are some of the biggest mistakes that you've made up to this point? You know, it's, it's still so early in the process that it's hard to say just yet. Sometimes if something was a mistake or a good choice, um, but my, you know, my potential investors will say that I've spent too much money on the manufacturing process. But to me, um, I think that really can go both ways because there's nothing worse than putting out, you know, chasing, chasing that sliver of margin and putting out a product that's too cheaply built, um, or using a factory that's too cheap, um, that is so obvious almost immediately. You know, you might be able to take a good picture of it, but once it's in the hands of consumers, if the quality isn't up to par, uh, uh, that's not something I was ever willing to sacrifice. And in the process, you know, probably did use better materials or higher quality labor than I could have, but we'll see. That's, that's something I believe in and something I'll continue to practice. Now it leads me into my next question of the whole kind of manufacturing process. Um, how do you keep sustainability and then, like you said, the quality uh, top of mind when you are working with a third-party manufacturer? Yeah, it's really hard, you know. And sustainability has to be has to be important to anyone in this industry because it's our sport relies relies on it to some extent. So for me, I. I sort of viewed it as, you know, I'll just do the best, make the best choice I can make each stage along the way um, without doing anything super dramatic or anything that would become a risk down the road. So it's the the smaller things, you know, making sure my factory practices, my factory is in Vietnam, um, and I did a very thorough vetting of them before eventually selecting them to make sure they're having a you know, a, a decent work environment and that they're totally complying with all labor laws around the world. Um, and also supporting, supporting some smaller people along the way. Um, for example, the leather that I use on my bags is actually elk leather that I sourced from this one man tanner out in Dubois, Wyoming, middle of nowhere. Um, who was typically tanning, you know, tanning leather from elk his, his friends would hunt and pass along to him. And I told him I want, I thought this was super unique and it's tanned in this incredible ancient way with all natural ingredients. Um, and I partnered with him and, you know, I could have just bought some super cheap commodity leather through through the standard channels but i wanted to give it an extra special touch um and you notice it right away it's one of the first things people notice they they wonder where that leather is from it makes means that every single bag is unique 
Um, and that's, that's, that's an example of how I view sustainability or supporting independent people like that and creating a resulting in a more unique product when it's all said and done. I love that. I think that's, uh, like you said, just like incredibly unique and another way for your product to really stand out, um, from others. What advice would you give to someone that wanted to start a business, whether it was in the outdoor space or just a business in general? I, first of all, I would say do it for sure. I mean, I've always been pro. I believe that entrepreneurs and designers and independent manufacturers are what, you know, they're what really make everything, everything great and cool that's out there. It all starts... Uh, maybe you don't hear about them until they're a big name, but they had to do something as a as a startup to get there. Um, so my advice would certainly be to to go for it and to almost figure out how after after you commit uh, commit to it, and then you can you can learn how along the way. Um, there's so many resources available now more than ever, whether it's online or you know people in your network. Um, there's almost always an answer. It might not be the answer, but there's almost always an answer to any questions you might have, but you won't even have those questions unless you, unless you go for it. So, um, my number one advice would be that I recommend it to anyone, anyone who who's thinking about it, it means you're already halfway there. So go for it. Um, and don't, my, my second big piece of advice would be to not sacrifice your vision for, um, what might seem like a short-term gain because copycats don't really innovate anything and um, you can only copy for so long. So I think you got to really stay true to your vision and believe in what you're doing and go for it all the way. Love that. Where, where, where do you see switch designs in the next year, five years, 10 years down the road? So I certainly want to expand from this initial product that I started with. My approach here was to pick the one, the one product that I knew I could make from the start, um, you know, objectively better than the competition, which I thought the boot bag presented the opportunity, the best opportunity for that. Um, but the plan is to expand the line and grow the business. So hopefully expanding to um, a few more ski bags in the next year or two. Um, and from there growing into the other sports and even more lifestyle luggage and bags. I love that. I'm excited to see what you do for the the ski bag. (laughs) Thank Um, you. I've got some, I've got some really, really cool ideas for that. So keep, keep, (laughs) <laughs> I, I i've always felt that um there's plenty of room for improvement there especially when i'm lugging two heavy pairs of skis through the airport with a shit ton of people all over you know for sure um what's the best part about running switch designs the best part is definitely that i get to you know i get to work in in an industry that i love every day um my work trips are are ski trips uh, if it's, you know, if it snows, I can go skiing instead of, uh, being stuck in some office that I'm not passionate about. Um, but most of all, I love design and I love skiing and with switch, I've been able to truly follow my passions and, 
Um, you know, it's, it's the classic cliche, but it really doesn't, doesn't feel like work sometimes when I'm working on a new product or, um, meeting up with potential customers, uh, on the, on the slopes. That's, that's what I was dreaming about for a long time and, um, living it right now. So hopefully we can keep it going. I love that. I uh, feel very similarly about the uh, ski trips are my work trips. <laughs> um, I'm definitely excited to see all of the new products that you innovate with Switch Designs in the future. And um, for anyone listening between February 12th and March 12th, you can actually enter to win uh, a boot bag from Switch Designs on Ready Yeti. So just head over to readyyeti.com for your chance to win before March 13th. And with that, James, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast to share your story, share Switch Design story, and really all the things that you care about and are looking to uh, change with uh, switch designs. Great. Thank you, Josh. It was great, great chatting with you and uh, wish you the best. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, then we would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to iTunes and leave us a quick review. This really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself And if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it along. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Ready Ready Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week.